Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. When arrived, they found the telephone the weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Murder. Not every marriage is a happy one. People can, unfortunately, fall out of love and want to end their union. Most would just hire a divorce attorney. On February 17, 1985, a man named Ronald Owens was found dead in his home by his children and his loving wife. But it appears Mrs. Owens had something to hide about her unhappy marriage. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. At around 11 p.m. on February 17, 1985, Gail Owens and her two sons, after spending the evening out to dinner, came home and noticed Ronald Owens' car in the driveway. Realizing their dad was home from playing basketball at their church, the boys and their mother got out of the car and noticed something strange. The car door was open, the interior light on, and Ronald's coat and tie were still in the seat. Then they noticed the back door was still partially open and his keys were still in the lock. Something was wrong. When they entered the home, there were obvious signs of a struggle in the kitchen with blood splatters on the wall and floor. Ronald Owens was found in the den of his home, unconscious and covered in blood. The police were called, but Ronald died just six hours later. An autopsy revealed that he had been struck with a blunt object, more than likely a tire iron, at least 21 times. The blows so strong that they pressed his face into the floor, crushed his skull, and sent bone fragments into his brain. So, who did this? Who killed this seemingly good guy? Well, it didn't take investigators long to figure out the twisted story of a contract killing. You see, what the police in Bartlett, Memphis, found out was that for a period of months, Gail Owens solicited several men to kill her husband. 
One of these men, a Sydney Porterfield, agreed for $10,000. She met with Sydney on three separate occasions to make sure the plan went down flawlessly. At their last meeting on the day of the murder, Gail detailed her husband's movements for the day. She explained that he would be home alone that night or be at the church playing basketball. So that evening, the Owens family attended church, and when her children asked to stay with their dad to play ball, she was adamant that they stay with her. She took them to dinner and then to her sister's house, where they stayed until 10.30 at night, then came home to the gruesome discovery. On February 22nd, Gail Owens and Sidney Porterfield were arrested for the murder. On January 2nd, 1986, the prosecutors offered a plea bargain to both parties, but it was contingent on them both accepting. Gail accepts, while Sidney rejects it, and they were brought to trial. On January 14, 1986, Gail Owens is convicted of accessory before the fact to first-degree murder, while Sidney Porterfield is convicted of first-degree murder. The next day, both are sentenced to death, with Gail's execution date being set for September 28, 2010. At no point during the trial did Gail give a deeper reason for her contracting her husband's murder. That wouldn't come until years after her trial, when Gail claimed not just that her husband was unfaithful, but that she had been sexually and physically abused for years. But why wouldn't she say any of this in the first place? She may have avoided a trial altogether. According to Gail, she didn't want her young sons to know the horrible truth about their father. This statement made its way to Tennessee Governor Phil Bredesen. He thought her testimony showed strong signs of battered women's syndrome and remorse, and that her sentence should have been far less. Many agreed and had been fighting for her release, including her son Stephen, who was just 11 when his father was killed. On February 14, 2010, Bredesen commuted Gail Owens' death sentence to life in prison with a possibility of parole. During her first official parole hearing on September 7, 2011, she gave the details of her married life and what led her to murder her husband. Her testimony must have been compelling because a year to the day after she was scheduled to be the first woman executed in Tennessee in more than a century, it was announced that she would be given her freedom. Gail Owens was officially released on October 7, 2011, after a quarter of a century in prison. She and her son Stephen rekindled their relationship while Gail helped to run a nonprofit called Thistle Farms. She died at age 67 while dog sitting for a friend on November 27, 2019. And what happened to Sidney Porterfield? After 28 years on death row and being the oldest man on death row, Sidney died of natural causes on May 21, 2014, at the age of 71. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 18th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, 
easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.